Hey everybody, this is Jacob, one of the co-hosts on the Back to Back Films podcast. I'd like to take this moment to talk to you guys about Film is Truth, a video rental store in Bellingham, Washington. I had a hard time finding a movie that I was supposed to watch for a class. Uh, The movie was a celebration. It wasn't on any of the video streaming services or on DVD.com. But they had it at Film is Truth, and they had a wonderful staff that helped me find the movie and others that I wanted to watch. It's located in the Terra Organica market, so you can get your films and your groceries in one go. So give them a shot and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Back to Back Films Podcast. This week we're talking Jacob's birthday with Jacob's Ladder and Jacob the Liar. Also, I'm going to be saying Jacob a lot. Uh, oh, dude, I got like seven more on this page already. Uh, as always, I recommend that you watch the two films we'll be discussing for listening to the episode, which you should have anyway because these are old films, so, you know, especially Jacob's Ladder. I feel like that's one that's like in pop culture of like, you should yeah. watch this. Um, anyway, I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. This is Nakey Jakey, birthday bakey the cakey. Oh my god! <laughs> you just took. Wow. You spent all day thinking. I of was that. gonna say <laughs> all day. It just kept going all day. Well, actually, I just thought of doing that. Did you? You, you just raked that all in? Yeah, just that was all improv. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, how you guys? How you guys doing? <laughs> Any updates on uh, anything? That uh, I'm I'm doing great. Uh, Tiffany passed her physical therapy exam, so now she's licensed to be a physical therapist. And we found that out like an hour ago. Tell her congrats from yeah, us. congrats. Yeah, because um, she's not, standing not quite right there. licensed. If she tells me, passed the exam to be licensed. She has to wait to receive her license, but she passed the exam. To be licensed. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. It's illegal to say that she's licensed, so if there's uh, any police officers listening <laughs> to this, please, uh, please don't arrest me. We have the NSA listening to us constantly. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the NSA. You gotta look out for those guys. They're monitoring everywhere. That's so true. you guys gonna come to Bellingham and celebrate or what? Uh, that's a good question. I don't... We we were gonna go to New York, uh, coming up pretty quick for... As a birthday present for me. Birthday slash Christmas, but, uh... And I guess I, we'll do some celebrating tonight and probably over in New York, too. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, it'll, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Nice. Are you guys, uh, I've been to New York a couple of times, actually, for uh, Model UN when I was in college. And, oh, uh, nice. We did have some time to, like, to, like, do some stuff, like some downtime besides just doing the Model UN stuff. And I ended up going to, uh, I've been to the Metropolitan Museum twice. Yeah. Didn't go to the Guggenheim, which I'm mad about, but I went to the MoMA, and that was oh, pretty I cool. I want to go to that. Um, oh, yeah. Both of them. And then we watched, uh, or watched, we walked around, like, Central Park and, you know, checked out some stuff. We went into the, what is that called, the meatpacking district, and oh, yeah. we saw a, uh, a uh, like, a is modeling shoot. district? 
It's actually not, ironically. Um, well, we the saw this like this uh, film shoot and like slash f- uh, photo shoot for a model happening there, which is really interesting. Oh damn! Um, but yeah, it was a interesting experience going there, and you know, you check out the subways and that sounds cool. Like yeah, it's super dope. So if you guys are looking for a quick, I don't know if you guys are museum people at all, um, but the moment can be done pretty quick. The Met is bigger and you know yeah. takes a little bit more time, uh, but the MoMA is pretty sick and gets you can get in pretty quick um and through it pretty quick um okay that's good to know because we're pretty like jam-packed like we were gonna hit the met but uh might just hit up the moma on one of those days like on one of the lower key days yeah um it's more expensive the okay uh, the tent or whatever entrance is more expensive um but there's a lot of those like really famous works like Starry Night is there Picasso or uh, uh Dali's melting like clocks Oh yeah, there. yeah. Like the nightingale sitting on a swing or whatever. I can't remember the full title of it's there. Um, there's like a lot of really like super famous that classic. Um, yeah, like, like art, Jackson Pollock yeah. is there. Like his oh, cool. big ass painting, his like drip drip Man. painting. Like I don't know if you guys have. I don't remember the artist, but there's like this dude did like a. It's not a painting. It's like more of like a collage that is a full size of a, a fighter jet. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like a pop art painting. So it has like Whoa. the the like uh, fucking spaghettios and like all these weird images behind it. But it's like the full size of the jet. So like they had it in this square, like this room that was in the middle of the room. So it was like a, a separated oh. space, and it was just like the whole painting or whatever wrapped the whole room. Um, and it's super cool. Dang. Yeah, it's super. So there's a lot of like, yeah, really sweet. famous paintings there. Um, and then they that's always cool. do like one showcase of like whatever hot pop artist is like oh cool you know, like a rotating kind of exhibit thing yeah oh sweet yeah so mm. that's super super cool um, yeah that sounds really nice we'll probably go check that out I yeah mean, it's pretty we, innocuous we, too like yeah, the, yeah the outside of it is just like there it is on the street shit that's cool <laughs> yeah. I've never been to New York so I'm fucking pumped for all of that shit it's cool you know are you a are you a uh, street food person Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a, I love taco trucks, man. Yeah, dude, but yeah. also like any sort of street food. They're kind of the bomb food there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's nice and cheap and delicious and hot. You know, yeah. especially if it's cold out and you get hot street food. Yeah, like nothing beats that. And they have like buck fifty pizza, which you oh, know, like man. It's good pizza. I don't know, like for a buck fifty. Yeah, for like I'm not yeah. complaining. Like and French right. fries, dude. Ooh. Yeah, just so much good French shit French. there. French, um, French, so of course, the shit. Frenchman recommends the French fries. <laughs> the fake, the fake French guy picks French yeah, fries. Right. <laughs> French fries, French classic, <laughs> classic <laughs> France cuisine. That's <laughs> uh, awesome. <laughs> All right, let's jump into this. Our main topic this week is uh, Jacob, Jacob, and Jacob. Um, and our first <laughs> film is Jacob's Ladder, released in 1990. Uh, so I kind of condensed the IMD plot, IMDb plot summary for both of these movies down because especially Jacob the Liar, like it was just so wordy. Um, but basically the gist is that uh, Mourning His Dead Child, a haunted Vietnam veteran, attempts to uncover his past while suffering from a severe case of dissociation, which I don't know why they chose to use dissociation. It's literally PTSD. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Dissociation doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't work as well as... But I put it yeah. in there because that's what they said, and I kind of wanted to just point it out. Um, but it is PTSD. Like, literally, it's what it is. So, I don't know. 
Um, anyway, Jacob's Ladder was written by Bruce Joel Rubin and directed by Adrian Line. It stars Tim Robbins, Elizabeth Pena, Pena Danny Aiello, and Matt Craven. Uh, film number two is Jacob the Liar, released in 1999. Interesting how we both uh, we chose two uh, <laughs> 90s movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 1944, Poland, a Jewish shopkeeper named Jacob hires a German radio... <laughs> hires. <laughs> Hold on a second. In 1944, Poland, a Jewish shopkeeper named Jacob hears a German radio broadcast about Russian troop movements. He uses the people's belief that he actually has a radio to inspire hope, but has to create an increasing number of lies to keep it all going. At the same time his real secret is he's hiding a young jewish girl who escaped from a german train um jacob the liar was written by peter kasovitz and didier de it was directed by peter kasovitz stars robin williams hannah taylor gordon liev schraber alan arkin bob balaban and michael jeter uh okay so I really want to pose this question like right away and talk about this because it's something that severely bothers me in movies and maybe you guys might pick up on what it is before I even ask it. Um, Why do filmmakers like to use English with country-based accents? Like, I don't know, dude. Like, it grinds at my core listening to a movie that's in English when they're in a different country. And then, like, on top of that to have it, like even worse like the germans in this movie were so bad <laughs> so fucking bad dude and like just to have like it's not only you're gonna do english when clearly they wouldn't speak english but then you're gonna do really bad accents like why yeah right yeah why well, that's, that's, the that's a question that's a great question but I, I feel like that's scratching the surface with the issues of Jacob the Liar. Well, <laughs> you know, clearly, I feel like this is the one. This is a big issue in filmmaking in general for me. Right, it's a common thing. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I mean, it just comes down to the audience, you know, and they are thinking, "Hey, we're going to make a movie that will cater towards the American audiences." You know, um, I mean, it's a Jewish story, you know, about the you know fucking world war ii so of course it's you know gonna cater to and it has robin williams so of course it's gonna be like that which is even you know? worse because like none of the actors themselves are like jewish like if you yeah, look at robin I, williams he's actually a quote-unquote honorary jew and i'm not shitting you like he's a he's in because of this movie no, well because of multitude of reasons apparently um because well, to be true but G, to, to be true jewish true you have to be jewish, like right? blood yeah because has to be through your mom's side right I'm not sure. I know yeah. you have to be. You have to be born. Yeah, it has to be your, Jewish your, descent. Your mom right? at least has to be Jewish. Yeah. yeah, but like no, no one who was Jewish in this movie for like. There's the dude, the old guy who plays a Mexican fucking grandpa in Breaking Bad, and he's cast as a Polish Jew in this movie. Like, what's <laughs> right. happening right now? Like, if you want to talk about like whitewashing in Hollywood. You could look at this as an example. At the same time, uh, Robin Williams was an executive producer on this movie and probably uh, was funding the movie so he could play this role. 
so it's hard to say, hey, this is whitewashing as much as it is Robin Williams just wanted to like play this part. I get the feeling they were it was a little Oscar baity at the time. Like when they were pitching totally the movie, Oscar baity. it was like yeah. we're going to do this like, you know, coming off of Spielberg and his whole success with like the Jewish narratives and stuff like 100%. they're they're like, "Oh, we'll totally bank." And I my guess to answer my own question is that basically they're like, <laughs> "Okay, this script itself is not good enough to sell on its own. Let's bring in all these faces that people will know. Yeah. You know, like, even if they're kind of like more like supporting actor type people, but they're still like recognizable. And then we'll bring in Robin Williams, who was yeah. like super hot in the 90s, early 2000s, right? Um, sure. And that's what'll sell this movie. And to even to sell it even more, we can't make it foreign because, well, they're all. English people or they all American or speak English anyway so let's have them speak in an accent because it'll be more like uh, it'll what's the, what's the word people will be able to relate to it more or whatever because yeah. they're talking in their own language right but to me it's just automatically undercuts your whole story if they're talking in English when you know that they can't be talking in English sure, like just I, have the yeah. balls to do it in the language man yeah, I mean that, that's kind of where it gets a little complicated because then it's where because this movie was an adaptation of a book, right? And they had a foreign film that came out before it uh, that was in German. Was it? Was it in German? Actually, I'm, I don't know about that. Um, my gosh, I will look it up right now. Um, but the was it called so, Jack of the Liar? Yeah, it was the 1975 film, uh, German Czechoslovakian Holocaust film directed by Frank Bayer, based on the novel of the same name. Oh, yes, it was in German. Um, so, with this film, although it's, they say that it's adapted from the the novel, um, I think they're, they kind of look at the success of the foreign one and say, Okay, I think we can do like an American release here in the same vein as like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo or any other kind of foreign uh, book adaptation that we see. Uh, Ove, uh, A Man Called Ove, that, that book is getting a American uh, adaptation, even though they had the Swedish film come out and the Swedish film was in Swedish, Swedish language and was fine. It was a really good movie. It's still so bizarre. Like, yeah, that's a huge reasoning behind it. Like, if, if it's successful somewhere else, then, you know, investors look at that and say, well, some people know about it, so it's going to be less risky than an unknown project. Plus, it's based off a book. That's why a lot of films, like, every Kubrick film is based off a book because people know about it. There's been some success. Right. People who read the book will watch the movie. You kind of almost have a guaranteed audience. Essentially, all filmmaking is how do we mitigate the risk of making a movie? that is expensive and might flop, right? Um, right? So they do things to to mitigate that risk. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, ah, oh, dude, it's so... It's just automatic. <laughs> to me, it just immediately undercuts the movie. Immediately. And I can't take yeah. the rest. Like, the rest of this movie had some serious things to it. It had some serious themes and ideas. And, like, I just can't take it seriously because I can't take the people talking in bad accents seriously. Right. right. Like, it yeah. is because it is like Rob, Robin Williams is a fantastic artist uh, but him in this role it's really hard to it's sort of it's sort of like how Ashton Kutcher played Steve Jobs in 
the like 2013 Jobs Steve Jobs yeah. movie. It's like it feels almost like an SNL skit version of what you would yeah see Steve Jobs as, <laughs> yeah, and I kind of felt that way with Robin Williams in this role. Like it felt like he was. It, it just felt on on the edge of like a parody or a spoof of the the concept, but then it was kind of laced also with overacting oh, so on everybody's overacting. Uh, yeah. part. Especially and I, the Germans, Jesus Christ! Oh dude. yeah, I mean it's it's basically a, I mean it is what it is. It's it's a Robin Williams Holocaust movie. Yeah, like, I like mean, the whole yeah. part of him like. Like pretending he's like Winston Churchill, you know, like yeah. and, and stuff, and like he's like making so, nat sounds and stuff. That's all Robin Williams. That's what he does in his stand-up. That's what he does in like Patch yeah. Adams and all of his other movies, like Flubber and shit. He's a like, character that's, a, that's that plays his plays thing. Character. Yeah. Like that, it, it, that's his thing, and he's good at it. it. Only when it's like for the appropriate thing. It's not appropriate for this movie. You know what exactly. I mean? Like it was completely yeah. Yeah. out. Like it just didn't fit. And then the movies that he is good in, like you know, one one hour photo. He doesn't do any of that shit because the director is actually like intelligent enough to say, like, uh, no, that's not what your character would do. Yeah, right. I think yeah. he was smart enough to realize what made him successful, and well, well, he used it, yeah, that, but true. then that's did true. his other things on the side because, yeah. like, I mean, he was a prolific actor. Right. Like, I, mean, I mean, Ann Williams yeah. was producing this, so he probably was like, well, I got to have my scene where I got to do my funny sounds and my funny noises and right. my you know impressions yeah right you know it's like uh like this whole movie was like how like they were seeing they saw like the the basic parts of it right okay jewish story holocaust you know underdog like there's certain beats to the the script that are like okay these all these will be successful it'll pull in investors in the hollywood community you know the stereotype of hollywood exists for a reason right so it'll pull in certain investors because they want to talk about the jewish story and 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 stuff like that but they knew that it wasn't going to be that strong and i i'm guessing peter kasovitz i didn't look at his filmography i'm guessing he's done french oh okay but i'm guessing he's done some stuff that that garnered success so they're like okay let's put him in there he might be able to pop it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, they secured... I don't know who else besides Robin Williams who was being looked at for this, but, you know, once they secured Robin Williams, they're like, okay, that's better. Um, that helped pump more money into the project. A lot of the other faces, like Liev... Uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Liev Schreiber. Liev, yeah. Liev Schreiber. He's, you know, he's a recognizable face. Um, Alan Arkin, for sure, you know, recognizable name and face. And so, Bob like, Alabama, you yeah. know, these people are, are putting money into the project. So they're mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe we can make something that will, like, actually sell. Um, and then, I don't know, like, came up with whatever they have. But it's it, it sort of is like a half-baked movie because of the way that they tried to put it together, I think. The... The director, Peter Kasovitz, is a French film director, and he was born to Jewish parents, so it feel, feels fitting from, like, if you if you look at it from that standpoint. But he also, if you look at his filmography on Wikipedia, it is full of movies, uh, uh, you know, written and directed works, a lot of TV movies and TV series um, that are all French just everything is French as shit. And then... Hain. Oh, he was an actor. Okay. Yeah, he was an actor in that one. Um, Which, actually, his son directed uh, that movie. And his son is a director. That movie's Um, super good if you have never seen it. His son is, like, a well-received director and, you know, successful director. But uh, if you look at his filmography, Jacob the Liar is just kind of sitting here 
intermixed between all this French stuff. Uh, not that French stuff is bad, but it's just a lot of French like TV movies, and it just makes you wonder why they picked this director to do this project. Not that he's bad, but it's just like he's done a lot of TV movies, and I don't know if that's like a big thing in France or. I feel like um, I've heard his name in other forms of media, though. So I don't know, like. Maybe he's done some American stuff. I don't know. I feel like I've heard that name before, but I can't right. think of where. Uh, but uh, Matteo Kasovitz, because he was also the actor in Amelie. He right. was the uh, love interest or whatever. Um, but Lahane, dude, Lahane is such a good movie. Uh, highly, highly, highly recommend that movie <clears throat> to, to everyone, really. Um, it's pretty accessible to everyone. Uh, but that leads me to my other question, though. Um, would Jacob the Liar have been better with, like, lesser-known actors and have it play, like, in the language of the country they were in? Uh, uh, ooh, you, you go ahead. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think, I, I think it would. I think that would definitely be a help. But uh, like you said earlier, it seems like it's an Oscar bait movie. I mean, this, the sense that it – I mean, it has two things. It has two things that, that – didn't need to, it needed it to be one instead of two things. So it has him hiding a Jewish girl, and it has the radio concept. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need both. I it agree. needs to be one. Or, it needs to be one or the other. And I, I, it needed to be the radio. I think. I think that was something that we hadn't seen before. You know, I think the movie would have been more interesting if it was spoken in the German language or Polish language, um, and about this radio and how he he had to you know use this imaginary radio to keep the spirits of these people alive and then the consequences of his you know of of that lie yeah i think would be way more powerful than trying to like oh we have to have him be like an like a martyr as well by right like having this jewish girl so it's just like come on and- yeah it just felt like like almost like a like he's like oh look at how perfect he is you yeah know what I mean? totally right like it uh oh my god what's the tune a betsy sue or a nancy sue or a yeah um what is that term nancy sue betty sue i have no idea <laughs> Shit, no, <I'm> not. <laughs> betty lou i don't know betty lou god i gotta look it up and there's that whole stupid fucking connection to to forrest gump Mary Sue. Mary Sue. Mary Sue. Oh, Mary Sue. That's what it is. What connection to Forrest Gump are we talking about? Forrest Gump, you know how it like opens up with like him chasing like a feather or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. this this one, it's like fucking with the newspaper. newspaper. And Uh, my God, as far as practical effects go, that was probably one of the worst (laughs) practical effects for a flying newspaper I've ever seen in my life. It was clearly being hung by like fishing line and like. What made you think that? How it was suspended in the air for ten <laughs> seconds? And it was a terrible. fucking joke. But it looked horrible. Like, that ending of like the jazz band. That was weird. In the field, dude, it's that like was weird. That character would have no concept of what that is. So why is yeah. he talking about it? Right. So weird to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, the movie like it wasn't. It didn't do a good enough job hiding, like, its issues, you know? Like, and the fact that it, like, wore the newspaper thing right at the beginning said a lot about the movie right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I went into it and was like, okay, like, let's give this a shot. Like, Robin Williams, like, can't be horrible, you know? I already knew, like, the reviews and the stuff going in and what people thought of it, but it was like, whatever. But then it started off with that shot in the newspaper that was really poorly done. And it was like... 
this is what you're leading your movie off with. This really poorly done newspaper scene that you should have cut, but left it in there because you liked the imagery of it or some shit. Like, it, it totally t- took me out of the movie. And that's just a metaphor for the entire film. It seemed in, like in a TV opinion. movie. Yeah. It did feel like a TV movie. Yeah. But it had a $45 million budget. Exactly. That's right. what I'm saying. It's what so, so ridiculous. <laughs> all because well, of Robin Williams, essentially. Say, like, yeah. yeah. It probably but, all went to him. Yeah. Haunting what, actor at the time. What's interesting about your question is, like, we did have that film come out. You know, the, your question about if this was a known actors and in the language like that's what jacob the liar the 1975 version is um, well are those actors unknown like i don't know enough about the movie to know for sure i uh don't know enough about <laughs> german actors to say one way or the other but uh, for an american unknown audience i would say yeah yeah for at least for me and for uh, i probably a majority of people uh they would they would be unknown uh, and this movie received critical acclaim um uh, a number of awards and uh got some best actor stuff and uh best foreign language film at the it was at the academy awards as a nominated piece so um, the american version of jacob the liar pretty much like fell to what like <laughs> most american remakes fall to which is the fact that it's just they don't know how to like it's not that they don't know how to remake a movie it's that they don't the translation of what the movie is focuses on what it's about what it says it gets lost and it focuses on american values of that piece yeah not, exactly not necessarily what like right. the polish or exactly. jewish or you know sure. whatever it may be it's like i mean not you know there are some american remakes that you might consider on par with or better than right like some people consider girl yeah. with the dragon tattoo a better remake you know it's so there's certain movies that are that are round right but it's it's very very hard for Americans to remake films that are not American because, like you said, we focus on just different stuff. Like, our values are different. And just find any sort of value in it, you know? Because, like like you said, like, it it gets lost. But to, like, shove American values into something or American culture or ideas is really hard to do to a movie that doesn't want it, you know, or doesn't need it. Exactly. Um, It's Americans talking about Polish people who and who are Jewish, you know, who lived in a time where Americans. I mean, we were on the other side of the ocean, like, right? You know, our country wasn't right. being ravaged and raped, essentially. Like, right? Um, we d- we did all that stuff when we went over there and obliterated. Yeah, we blew you know? up a whole lot. <laughs> so it's of like we were know? doing the raping and the exactly and whatever. Exactly. Um, but to answer your earlier question, the 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 main actor of this movie who plays the same role as. Robin Williams. Um, his name is Vlastimil Brodsky, <laughs> something like that. Uh, he wa- he had been in four movies prior to this, and he is most well known for his role in Jacob the Liar. I assume that uh, that is because of this movie. Apparently, you know, we should have watched that this. version for this instead of the the. Uh, whatever Robin Williams yeah, it's funny because I didn't even realize there was like another you know until I was researching it you know like yeah I, that's <laughs> I like this morning I was doing research and I was like oh this is there was a book like I didn't even know there was a book <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it was like man that's crazy um, but I, I kind of like that we watched this version because uh, you know I'm a big Robin Williams fan and I like that we're talking about something that maybe kind of 
fell on its face you know like i feel like we don't talk about movies that fall on their faces as much and well have you, it's kind of easier to talk about i don't know i've rated some movies pretty low that we've talked about that might right. have been yeah. like like according to personal taste yeah. but I, I i feel like this movie like if someone like i don't think anyone's like going to bat for this movie no no you know? certainly not no like way. i feel like people are just like eh, and then moved on like this is like a forgotten film yeah. i mean it's 2.9 on letterbox so like that's kind of you know mid just above middle you know two and a half being the the middle or three stars being the sort of like average you know three out of five or whatever uh so it's not like so there are some people who are into it yeah right right Um, right the same people that probably think patch adams is like one of the greatest films of all time (laughs) yeah well yeah i mean (laughs) sure but this movie also like did horrible box office wise like it's so bad it, it didn't it, it it did uh its budget was 45 million and according to wikipedia its domestic box office was almost 5 million it almost oh broke 5 million God, i bet bad. you internet it's worldwide probably isn't that great i was going to say i bet you people were offended by it worldwide honestly yeah, yeah it's cuz it's robin williams in this role and yeah it doesn't feel right. I bet you people in Germany and, and Poland and like who are who have family who are involved with that like to, you know the tragedies and whatnot were probably like, what the fuck are these Americans doing, man? Like, yeah. right? Should have left which, alone. Which may or may not be the reason why Wikipedia, you know, clarifies that this is just the domestic because. Maybe international was like <laughs> so low that it wasn't worth even like mentioning. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they didn't even include it. I want to know what the- distribution company looked at this and yeah. was like, "Man, this will do really good in international. Let's buy the international <laughs> right. distribution rights." It's going to do really fucking- well in China. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in China. Oh, the Chinese studio. What? Yeah, I mean, Columbia Pictures picked it up, and I feel like it could have been part of like a a deal you know like hey if you want this movie you have to buy this movie too Probably, or something yeah. you know i mean because when you get into the nitty-gritty like that it's about like pairing movies together so you can get the most out of them or and, having like a multi-deal with an actor or something so like you yeah know, like we want to get this movie made you're on contract so you're in the movie and then essentially have no way to yeah the actor's kind of locked in right um and, and at this point robin <clears throat> williams had enough power to to bait to you know to say like hey if you want me for you, you know uh night at the museum or fucking whatever movie came out you know then uh then i have to do my holocaust story mm-hmm. you know i ha- and I, i'm playing the main role like if you want yeah. me for this if you want me for robots 2005 i'm totally just pulling out random movies <laughs> from wikipedia <laughs> uh, uh then i i want to do this story that's that's really how it is though i mean the contract because like you get locked into certain contracts right and a lot of these bigger actors like the studios want them in for multi-movie contracts because they want to soak as much money up as they can right so like that type of thing or like movie rights in general tend they those all tend to be bargaining chips i know like with the new riddick movie like the reason why vin diesel appeared in tokyo drift at the very end because he was like okay i won't be paid for it but what you guys can do is give me the rights to riddick and they were like all right, there yeah. you go. Like, there's your and you know, so you just you negotiate these deals like that and and try and get it worked out. I guess, uh, right? For me, like this thing is so um, not repetitious. It, uh, it's it it just didn't need to be made because um, like 
a couple years before it came Life is Beautiful, which is mm-hmm. a foreign language film made in Italy about a man who is basically trying to hide the fact to his son or this boy. It's his son, right? It's been so long since I've seen it, but it's basically trying to... Dis- his son, yeah. It's like him and his son are at a, in a concentration camp, and he's trying to basically make it so that his son doesn't realize he's in a concentration camp. Right. And it, it's, it's a fantasy, obviously. You know, it doesn't take place... It, it it takes place in the world, but it doesn't take place in this world. If that makes like sense, like an alternate, alternate, yeah, it's kind of universe. Is it more world? magical realism, it or is it of, like it's, it's an not, alternate? It's not quite magical realism, but it's. I mean, in the, because the people are so innocent, you know, the man and the and the kid, because he. It's hard to describe. It just it doesn't come off as contrived as like Jacob the Liar, where like my intelligence is insulted. You know what I mean? Like, it, would you say it's it borders on the line of a black comedy? Yeah, it's a definitely a comedy. It's definitely a comedy. Uh, Life is okay. beautiful, but it's you know it's it's more it's yeah yeah definitely um, because there's a lot of slapstick humor and and but yet it's dealing with this kind of you know. The undertones are the Holocaust. You know, you can't really get much more depressing and dark right. than that. Um, and you know, that film ended up getting three Oscars. And so, like, you know, what's the point of 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 making this movie? You know, it, it, so not only what you're saying is not only is this movie Oscar bait, but it's also chasing. Oscar bait. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the it's, worst of two worlds because movies yeah. that chase are some of the worst movies that, like you know, Battleship, classic movie that that is chasing, like it's trying to chase Transformers. It's literally remake yeah. of Transformers. Um, but like, but this movie seems like it's a it's chasing Life is Beautiful and is trying to get Robin Williams that Oscar. Yeah, like you know, ninety three, ninety four. I think it might have been 94 Oscars. You know, that all went to Schindler's List. Three years yeah, three totally. years later, it went to Life Life is Beautiful. And yeah. then three years after that, or two years after that, two years, they're trying to yeah. go for another Holocaust. Like, it's like, come on. They're not going to give... It's sad I, that they feel like they need to exploit the Holocaust yeah, story yeah. to make movies. That's to how make I felt. Movies. Like, I, I was like, I was kind of insulted by that. You know, honestly, it was like, really? Got, like, really? I don't know. Yeah, because it, it feels like they're not adding anything. You know, yeah. like Life is Beautiful. They're they're it was unique. Yeah, it's unique. It's, they're adding this this weird com. I haven't seen the film, so I'm totally just guessing based on Byron's uh, <laughs> ideas here. But like yeah. they're they're mashing up something that hasn't really been mashed up before oh, and definitely. is really contrasting in an interesting way. While this movie feels like uh, while Jacob the Liar feels like it's it's. It's like looking at you like, hey, do you remember the Holocaust? Do you remember how right. heavy it is? Yeah. You Here's Robin Williams. Yeah. Well, like, the Holocaust is about hope. You know? It's like, fuck you. Yeah. Holocaust is about hope. Fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean, like, what's cool about Life is Beautiful is that it's not really about the Holocaust. I mean, it, it that's definitely a, a part of it in, like, a character to some degree. But it's about, the it's about like, innocence and it's about... Um, like the love between father and son and 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 that you know what i mean like and it, yeah. it it's just so much it's just it's just so much more unique in 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 like what they're trying to do with it by making it like it's a, it's a it's a comedy you know like it, it, i don't know it's hard to describe but it's worth a watch for something different you know it's unlike right. any other holocaust movie that you can see um but 
yeah i guess that's my thoughts on jacob the liar <laughs> yeah. at, at the same time life is beautiful was distributed by imax <laughs> or i'm sorry oh miramax. by miramax oh yeah. so you got that weinstein money that's <laughs> involved <laughs> but and, oh, uh, only distributed yeah not made by it, only so. distributed yeah. so uh, it's just like you know not that we're all gonna hold on to that forever because you know uh, i don't want to say anything else <laughs> about this problem <laughs> for sure but that that is a because it's an issue but um it's just kind of funny when you look back and we're and we're comparing like this movie that is totally uh, innocent you know like innocent of probably innocent of any sort of crazy allegations and then the, the really really good yeah. movie well, is yeah. like yeah like you know i don't know it's yeah it's, definitely it's stupid uh, yeah it's, like most of the right. miramax distributed films i'm sure were innocent of anything that wine scene was is, right is you know like yeah separate yeah. I mean, you can't really crazy. bash a movie for no, yeah. one of it you can't producers. bash the movies right yeah right. it just kind of blows that like the, the really good because mo- like miramax hit its peak at that time yeah you know what i mean yeah. this is when Tarantino uh, like in the 90s it was like you know yeah miramax's big ticket item yeah, so yeah right you know yeah but it's kind of cool that like <clears throat> You know, it moves around. Like, A24 is, like, really hot right now. Dude, A24 know, is right? killing and, and it right coming out. Like, the past three years have been brutal at the Oscars with them. Like, they, you know, they're just, they're doing really nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just randomly throw this in here, though. Uh, the trailer for Hereditary is super <laughs> dope. And yeah. That movie really cool. just sounds like it's just a great watch right now so and that's 824 so shit, I'm gonna have to uh, check that, check that shit out that's a horror it's, it, horror it's really freaking awesome I'm excited for it it's probably gonna be our indie trailer <clears throat> Wednesday oh it already is I already set it up for that. <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> so that is push your film okay, to the next okay. week oh that's, that's funny okay. so wait so that is for last week it is because when people are listening to this yeah <laughs> yeah okay. Which, not to pull yeah. the curtain yeah. Okay. well yeah yeah I yeah, let's figure out what day we're going to release this this episode on. Since this we're comes out on a different day. Oh yeah, I guess yeah, we'll decide. Um, but anyway, there one of the indie trailer Wednesday posts will be Hereditary, uh, which is a super good. Like the trailer itself is actually super good, um, really well edited um, and really cool. So check that out. But that also that psychological horror aspect pushes us right into Jacob's ladder. Uh, with with my next oh. question here, so. What is psychological horror? Um, and I guess you can think of this as it compares to like other forms of horror, uh, you know, sure. or like psycho thriller or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like to you guys, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think of when you think of psychological horror? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is is a character based thriller, a character based horror movie. You know, so this is a movie that is like if if you're looking at like an ensemble style horror film you're looking at like saw or something like that you know even the first saw saw 1 not not really as psychological um because you're you're not getting inside the mind of any of the characters as much uh you're you're just kind of experiencing what they're experiencing i would say that one is a little more psychological than the other saws in the sense that like yeah you're dealing with the psychology of like okay am i gonna hurt myself yeah. to get out of here mm-hmm. type yeah. of thing mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, when I threw out the example, I was thinking of the later saws, and then I yeah. started. I started, as I was talking, I started thinking of the first saw, and I was like, Jake "Well, wait saw. a second. They go like, from like <laughs> this se- isn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like semi psychological to straight up just torture porn. Quote, you know that right. term torture porn. Quote unquote. Which I like right. torture porn, but. Yeah. I'm sure you do. <laughs> he likes regular porn also. He likes porn um, where there's torture. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Everything's good in my book. It's all good. As long as it's consensual. But uh, for a psychological thriller or a psychological horror to be psychological, it has to talk about the mind. It, it has does, to yeah. it has to be related to something that the character is experiencing and honestly it has to be something that the audience can relate to in some like vague way on a psychological level. So whether it's you know, what we need to talk about Kevin like the psychology of uh like thinking like hating your child, you know, and hating that your child exists and then finding out he's a murderer and the psychology of that. Like I feel like that's what is really being studied in that film or in Jacob's Ladder we're we're experiencing his PTSD or disassociation because technically it's not PTSD at all I mean it is PTSD well because he's like dead though so it's like that doesn't quite the comment is the is Everything is about P- it is PT, like the symptoms of PTSD. So, like, right. yeah, you find out that this whole movie has essentially been in the span of, I don't know, whatever X minutes between him getting taken up in the helicopter and then him, you know, in the dying. Yeah. So, like, you get, you know, there's some small period of real time, quote unquote, and then the movie, like the, the whatever death, like, narrative plot time or whatever, right? Um, but it is the symptoms of PTSD, and maybe right. that's why they called it dissociation, because it's not quote... Yeah. You know, and right, because he's not actually... Well, that's actually really interesting that you saw it as his experience as he's, as he's going to the hospital, because I didn't really get that from the movie. I mean, um, they literally intercut points where, like, like, the helicopter scene, like the semi-slow-mo scene where the helicopter is above them, and they're pulling up one person at a time in the, the stretcher to the helicopter. Right. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be, like... Like he's thinking about his life. Uh, yeah, as... it's a whole life flashing before your eyes that's, thing because you're so dying. That's so funny. That I, that's interesting. I thought of it that way. Like I, I when I, I, I immediately recognized that that could be what it was. But what I took it as is I took it as uh, uh, him serving like a little bit of time in purgatory between heaven and hell, and he, yeah. he goes into hell for a bit there, and then he, and then at the end he he makes it to heaven. But that's how that's I, that's how I that's how it. I saw it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, but I guess it could be both. But it could be like, both easily, yeah, easily. It could yeah. be both. I, yeah. the, I mean, it can't is, be as simple as what I said because like the infamous Gurney scene was not something that happened in reality, right? Yeah. Or, or even happened in his life, right? Like it couldn't be something that part of his life that flashed before his eyes right that wasn't a real thing right that, that was like yeah. what you're saying like the whole like in hell like you you know you're not only are you stuck physically but the whole the doctor's like well where do you want to go i want to go home yeah. but you are home like you know what do you want right. like yeah. you know he's just asking him these dumb rhetorical questions yeah. and then he sees his girlfriend as one of the doctors or whatever right so obviously yeah. this is not a real thing that's happening Right. Um, but I see where you guys are coming from, where it's like he's kind of going through this, like, he's dying, so they're trying to figure out, okay, is he yeah. is he going to hell? Maybe that's that's an interesting thing to think about, too. 
like I've never seen this plot where like you're dying so what they do is as you're dying you you kind of do like this cycle where like Okay, so f- this part of your life you were really bad, so this is your hell. Yeah. But this part you were good, so we're going to lift you back into hell. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. there's no. I've right. never seen that as a plot. I so. mean, I think in that th- that's what Jacob's ladder is, right? The, yeah. Jacob ladder is the reference is that ladder that takes you from heaven to hell or whatever that that world that takes you because, like, I think it's the Catholic- it, it's it's from like Earth, like from the earth to heaven oh her, earth is heaven. jacob's okay. ladder yeah oh, so okay. like if, if you want to go to heaven you will like climb jacob's ladder oh okay so yeah. like because I, I think it's the catholic faith believe in purgatory right where or roman catholic i, I don't know yeah it's definitely catholicism we're like yeah we're like you if you know you may be a good person you may end up in heaven but if you've done some things that need um you know punishment then you spend an x amount of time in purgatory you get mm-hmm. your punishment and then you go back and I felt like that's kind of where a lot of this movie took place was that his yeah. transgressions or whatever whatever they may have been whether it was because of what he did when he was a soldier or other things who knows um, uh, even if they weren't really his fault um, <laughs> right uh, like, get, like the death of Macaulay Culkin or whatever <laughs> yeah um, where he's serving his time and then and then af- at the end um you know, he goes to heaven, uh, right? Which is kind of how I interpreted it. But I mean, yeah, I. But that whole gurney sequence, I kind of felt that was kind of like purgatory slash hell. You know, where it's like I definitely think that was supposed to be more hell. Yeah, where it's like he's yeah. seeing a, he's definitely seeing a glimpse into into that into Hades or whatever. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, the, uh, the when. Uh, let's see. There, he has one of his friends come in and, and talks to him after the hospital scene. He kind of sums up what I thought of the movie pretty well. He says, the only thing that burns in hell is part of you that won't let go of life, your memories, your attachments. They burn them all away, but they're not punishing you. They're freeing your soul. So if you're frightened of dying and you're holding on, you see devils tearing your life away. But if you've made your peace, then the devils are really angels, angels, uh, freeing you from the earth. <laughs> um, so uh, it, that to me was like the movie. Like, it, like uh, it didn't matter time wise, like when where he was. Although that does kind of hint that he was just kind of floating through purgatory, like waiting to die. Um, but as far as like the timeline goes, you could look at this movie and say he died and then experienced this movie, but you could also look at it as, as he was dying in the helicopter, he was experiencing this movie. Um, so I, I think both ways are, would be, are, are both fine ways to look at it that, that yield different, uh, arguments and both equally interesting arguments yeah so just so listeners know jacob's ladder is the colloquial name for a connection between the earth and heaven that the biblical patriarch jacob dreams about during his flight from his brother esau as described in the book of genesis so that's an important aspect of this too that it's a dream in the bible so this is also why the movie is dreamy um, right. and how it plays out and how it kind of ends in a way where it's like, okay, it was all a dream, but you're sort of okay with the fact that it ends like that. Uh, cause I think there's more layers to it than just like you guys are saying, like it's more than the fact that it was just maybe even just a dream, right? There's, there's right. Experiences. Or, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what's funny is, um, 
uh, I didn't realize this until now. I didn't I didn't realize that was the book of or the the book of Jacob or Jacob and Esau that story. But that was that was the other movie we were gonna do until we did Jacob the Liar, right. which <laughs> which would have been v- vaguely similar to Jacob's Liar. Um, yeah, but Genesis too, yeah. is studied by Jews also because it's Old Testament. So I wonder if they believe in this idea of kind of like this bridge and i'm really curious it makes me really want to read um that part of genesis i've only really read the first part because the creationism stuff is really fascinating to me because that's the first part of genesis is the creationism um but yeah i'm just really curious how they portray jacob's ladder and if what similarities uh between this movie but the similarities between this movie and the original original text in Genesis. It's I'm sure there's a kind lot. Kind of interesting. And it, yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned the like you know the Hebrew you know Hebrew uh, Bible or whatever too because like uh, uh, his girlfriend, not the wife, but the girlfriend. Um, yeah, the really the really hot the lady Elizabeth Tenya. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's she uh, her character's name is Jezzy, which is short. Because for Jezebel, yeah. and then Jezebel is from the Hebrew Bible, um, and she, like, um, uh, she she basically like incited her husband or whatever, right, to to not worship a certain. I don't remember the the <laughs> worship a certain god or whatever to worship these other two or something prophets, I think. Um, and then she ended up getting killed because of it. So huh. she was basically like she's known she's known to be associated with like false prophets. So in a, in a sense, she's she's not the real wife. She's like the false wife. That's true. You know, they also like, mentioned that right. he has a wife still. It's not ex-wife. So like in theory, he's still it's married. married. So yeah, she is. it's true. Yeah. yeah. And then she's later, and because of the painted face and stuff um, that she's now associated with, that's what prostitutes had back in the day. So in a way, she's like a prostitute, but not in the movie, but like. In the sense that she's not married, but right. she's living with this guy. I don't know. Also, the weird stuff, the sort of, like you said, the... Wow, I'm blanking. I'm just brain farted the term you just said. But like I said, the weird <laughs> stuff that happened in the movie, like the dance scene and like the scene where the he gets pulled into that room with all the doctors and whatnot, like she's involved in both of those scenes. Yeah, the yeah. false prophets. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so the yeah. falsehoods, when stuff starts to become more unreal than it than it is normally Definitely. like when she starts dancing with the freaking like monster thing and then that was the, awesome. like the like horn shoots out of her mouth or whatever like that was my favorite sequence um, of the whole movie yeah whole it was super thing. intense um yeah that was cool you know she's involved in all that like the and then the scene where he has the fever and they have yeah. the shock you know put him in the ice water and kind of keep him alive like she's there too so um Kind of a trip. Also, just real quick, apparently there's a remake of this movie that has already finished principal photography and is set to be released this year. Oh, wow. I did not know. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty much like an unknown. Oh, with a black actor. Could be cool. Michael Ely. Yeah, I'm down with that because this is one of those movies that, you know, it's a cult movie, you know. 
It, it is, it, yeah. Of, of sorts. Uh, I, I haven't met anyone who's like, Jacob's Ladder, you know, like, let's do this. Um, but it feels <laughs> like it's, uh, it's one of those movies that, like, really picked up post, like, it's, you know, box office run. Um, and it also talks about how it's, like, vaguely familiar to Silent Hill, the, the video game franchise. Well, um, they pulled... Or, because Silent they Hill pulled, was, like, some visuals. Yeah, there was influence from Dick Jacob's Ladder on, onto yeah. uh, that. And onto... Um, American Horror Story, like Asylum. Uh, there's a couple of other, right. like, films and stuff that this yeah, movie kind a, of... It's visuals sort yeah, of influence. a lot of visuals. I was surprised. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is, came out way before, you know, that or this, you know? Yeah. Like, right. I mean, like, the nine, 1990. Yeah. You know, like, right. Which I, I liked how it looked a little dated because it works well with, like, how the, the movie takes place, like, in the 80s. You yeah. know, like, like, and the, yeah. but the, even the way it's filmed, it's not filmed very well. Like, like the film that they use, the film stock isn't like anything special. Like, there isn't anything pretty right. about the movie. It, it feels very like of its time. Yeah, like is what you're saying. But it, yeah. but it, but it, it worked. Sometimes that's like a, it. It doesn't work. It doesn't help the film. This one didn't help, but it didn't hinder the film at all. Like it just kind of worked right. in a way. Like, right. Um, but yeah, but I, I actually really, I you know Tim Robbins is also another actor that like, I I don't really see the big hype about. He kind of just floats through this movie, but I think like the best part of the movie, not because she was topless in it, but but I think Elizabeth Pena was the most interesting aspect of the movie. She kind of like because she's like oh she gets mad at him and like right you don't know at the, when you like. When I first saw her in that sequence, you know, she's all, like, in the medical gear. Like, I was like, is she, like, the bad guy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Right. You get, like, vague, like, femme fatale-like yeah. type vibe from her. But then she's always just, like, looking out for him, you know? But then, yeah, you're right. She gets frustrated with him. Like, she, she it feels like she's the most, like, dynamic character. Yeah. Like, she, yeah. she has the most variety. And she's given the opportunity to act at that level, too, more so than Tim Robbins yeah. uh, is. Yeah, she... And yeah, I think you're right. She, like, she kind of steals every scene. I mean, like, the scenes maybe aren't necessarily about her, but they kind of follow her every scene, you know? The right. party, it follows him for a bit, but then it ends up with her, with the creature and stuff. The monster, yeah. yeah. you know, and then... Tentacle thing. When he's having his, you know fever thing you know she's the one that you we see running around trying to get it you know I, I don't know how to describe that but no i think i think you're nailing it i mean you know she's definitely like the presence in the movie you know um i've i've only seen two movies with tim robbins in it i've seen this movie and shawshank, shawshank. redemption <laughs> and shawshank is very much the same where Tim Robbins is kind of the lead and he's not really given the opportunity to um, act at a depth that you would need that would like be showy you know for for his acting right. real if you will you, you um, haven't seen War War of the Worlds or whatever with Tom Cruise uh yeah is he in that yeah he's the guy that's in that basement 
Oh. He's like after the Dakota Fanning. Wow. Yeah. That blows my mind. He's just got a small um, part, but yeah. Yeah, when they're yeah, when they're holding out in the basement. You're right. I remember that. Uh wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Isn't that um, weird? Yeah. Yeah, that's super weird and makes me want to rewatch that scene just to see. But like I haven't seen him like deliver like he's a great actor and uh you know, acting like for a movie is awesome and he does it really well. Um, but I just I haven't seen him in a role right. where I'm like this is like yeah, he's crazy so good. good yeah yeah you know where it's like oh man like eat this up but he's still like really good but you know like even like Jacob's Ladder like we talked about how the the lenses that they use may might not have been great or the film stock or whatever um, but they also had really great um, like the shutter the high shutter speed or low shutter speed yeah, whatever direction yeah. to get that blurry effect yeah that really uh helped with like the head shaking because that was like all done in camera you what know? they did um, was uh they had they filmed the actor doing the head shaking like really like as violently as they could and then sped right. it up which is why yeah, it looks yeah. jerky because they like, shot it like four frames per second or some shit it, uh they shot it en- well enough to get that blur yeah. i mean it was fairly normal how they shot it but then what they did is just jacked up the how fast they played it cool but they just had him do like a, right. <laughs> a super wild like you know essentially hurt yourself while doing it type yeah, of thing. yeah um, so you they i thought they brought the uh the shutter i thought they they changed up the shutter for that. I mean, they might have changed the shutter a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure there was multiple I things. It was like but they changed the shutter like four FPS or something, something like that. I definitely yeah. read before that they were they sped it up. It's later probably combo is what yeah. is what really gave it that weird like look. Yeah, you know that jerky. That makes sense because like when you speed up, you see the your your body jerk yeah. in ways that you wouldn't normally see it. So um, that's how they kind of pulled that one off, which you know is a cool cool little effect that they got. Um, yeah, it's cool. Um. But yeah, I mean, I guess to, to my to my point is that although the cinematography wasn't super showy or like outstanding, it was still like really good in service of the story. Right, and I right. feel like that's where Tim Robbins has landed uh, for me yeah. uh, as as an actor from what I've seen of him. What? And it's funny because the director Adrian Lyon or Lynn, um, she he uh, his films kind of primarily deal with like. Um, sexual Sex. stuff, yeah, yes. So I think he, it's almost like he couldn't help himself to kind of like follow the girl. It, that sounds kind of sexist, or, or and and maybe, but you know what? But I mean? that is like, who that is what that, the filmmaker but that, is. But that's the thing is, I think that's what he found interesting. I think he right. found that character interesting. So we we saw more like if this was made by someone else. We'd probably be following him way more than what we actually ended oh, up. Yeah. Like her character surprised me because I thought she was just going to play the girlfriend, but we actually yeah. see way more of her. She's in more, way more of the scenes that <laughs> that I was expecting. Right. I think if like you know if J.J. Abrams had remade this movie, she wouldn't be a big part. Or or if uh, Shyamalan. Yeah, you know, because yeah. this this has like some strong uh, sixth sense vibes definitely. in here, and you can definitely like see the influence. But I think if Shyamalan were to take over this movie, it would it would definitely be way more um, Tim Robbins. Yeah, yeah, and even and, and even maybe less kid. boob. <laughs> yeah, there'd be less <laughs> le- less nudity, but maybe no boob, and there'd probably be more sun. 
especially Macaulay Culkin because I, I think that was like right before he became really hot. He has the same year, released the same year as Home Alone. Oh, holy shit. So I, it was probably filmed before. He was, uh, yeah. yeah. But, but, uh, what's weird about it is yeah. he's, he's uncredited, man. He's, yeah, yeah which is kind of weird. It's so weird yeah, to me because he has a speaking role. Yeah, like, he's like, not some small part yeah. in the movie. His, it's a prominent role. Yeah, his character is yeah. pivotal to so, a lot of what happens. I think it was really weird that it was uncredited. But, uh, there's yeah, a lot of people weird. in this movie that are kind of a trip, too. Like, obviously, Jason Alexander, we know who that is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Eric LaSalle, he's a, well, you know, Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames um, yeah. Kyle Gass, he's the guy who goes on to partner with Jack Black later in Tenacious oh, D. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Um, Louis Black is in this. As that is doctor. Kyle Gass. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't remember Tony. And Lewis Black, dude? That's crazy. What's with all the Which comedians? Which guy was Tony? He's the key. Tony, that was one of, that was his, um, wasn't that, is that not the guy who dies in the car? Uh, the guy who dies in the car. No, that's, uh, that's Pruitt, Pruitt. Oh, that, oh, the yeah. The guy with the shaky eyes. Yeah. He's in like, oh, that's not, he's in okay, like, all, that's he's in like a whole bunch of movies. Okay. Um, and shows, TV shows like Deadwood and stuff. But uh, uh, was Kyle Gas? Was he the one that stabs him? Oh, um, really? I don't know. I don't know. He's not fat. But he probably would be though. Like, in 90s, yeah, nine, right? 1990, right? He might be the guy that stabs him. The most interesting one to me is. Um, Pruitt Taylor Vince he's Paul he's the guy who approaches uh, Jacob and is like dude I gotta talk to you like I've been seeing shit he so he's haunted by demons in this movie and he goes on to play uh, a priest in Constantine who's also haunted by demons he's in so many movies Um, yeah he is he is he's in that other murder one with like is it I forget if it he's in another movie where it's like about like a serial killer or something and I don't know. Yeah, he's he's in a lot of those kind of interesting, weird. He's in, I think, quite a few psychological, like horror or thriller kind of movies. He's an Angel Heart, oh, the De Niro shit. movie. Oh, that's what. I, I, yeah, that's right. That's one of the ones I'm thinking of. He reminds me of the guy. I for, for a second I thought he was the dude, uh, Private Pile from uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, he kind of um, reminds me of that. Oh guy. yeah, he does kind of look uh, like that Daredevil so, guy. So Kyle Gass is definitely the guy who he's talking to at the bar, who he, who uh, Tim Robbins first relates his like PTSD-ness to. Oh, that's to. him. That is. I, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Why do I remember that scene? What Holy the hell? shit! If you Google Kyle Gass in Jacob's Ladder, that's funny as hell. Scene, yeah, that's and funny. it does not look like him. Probably because he's not bald. Not like bald he doesn't have fat, his bald yeah. head. You know. Um, yeah, that's. I realize he was also an elf too, but I can, I can see it now it's kind of hysterical <laughs> wait, i didn't no. know that guy wait, was like wait, wait. around why it's showing me the dude it's showing me the other guy i'm not i'm not seeing it i'm not seeing uh kyle gas in any of this it in the first in one ladder yeah oh i'm not i'm seeing the other guy pruitt taylor vince pruitt taylor vince Taylor Vince. Sorry, listeners, a little hiccup. <laughs> well, um, we're all googling it. We're trying to. We're yeah. all trying to figure it out. Uh, Taylor Vince. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that. They're dumb. That's Pruitt. 
Yeah, I think they, they think that's that is oh. Pruitt. Yeah. So who's Tony in Jacob's Ladder? Um, what the hell? Yeah, he must have been a soldier. It must have been like one of the soldiers. I or thought something. I, they kind of for some reason I'm kind of thinking he's the one that stabs the dude. He might be the one that stabs him. But uh, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Who either. knows? I mean, like who knows? We don't need to know. <laughs> that is, we don't need to because you know the listeners don't need to know. I mean, I think it's just a bunch of interesting connections. I mean. Yeah, it's kind of weird how many people, like, especially Lewis Black in here. The biggest connection. Which, I can't remember his, like, Jacob's doctor, but is he the, he's not the doctor who's, like, asking him the questions, right? Like, like who's yeah, Jacob's I'm pretty doctor? Sure, I'm pretty sure that's the guy who's, like, talking to him, who tells him that he's, uh, that he's dead, right? Uh. Right, right before he talks to, uh, Eckhart. I mean, I guess it has to be. Yeah, I hate how bland their names are because you start forgetting like who's who, right? You know, Doug, Rod, Jerry, Ilsa, Tony, Jacob's doctor, so Gabe, George, Frank, Sarah, Paul, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> so it's uh, pretty funny. Uh, are, uh, am I gonna bring this up? <laughs> I don't know. I, are you? I, I I think you might be because you already started. It, did you pick this because of the connection with ghosts? <laughs> Oh, actually, I I uh, I tried watching this movie um, when I was a freshman in college, and I turned it off because I uh, wanted to play Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I like I I had other things to do, and I I just never came back to it, and I wanted to watch it again. And I know it's kind of like a it's a cult movie, you know, it's a right, cult right. classic. It's respected. Um, in certain groups and uh yeah i just wanted to revisit but i turned it off because i didn't i didn't understand like what he was going through like it felt really far-fetched to me at the time but watching it now it makes sense uh like all all the connections make sense and it all lines up and it's because i actually finished the movie (laughs) you know (laughs) um so really i just wanted to watch it again and it felt like a great go-to for a name with with Jacob in, oh, in yeah, the name, definitely. and it was entirely a coincidence that uh, this uh, r- the writer of this film was also the writer of Ghost, and 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 sold these screenplays kind of side by side. Um, and I feel like after watching this, I felt like this is like a movie the kind of movie that I would want to make, you know, as yeah, a filmmaker, yeah. uh, honestly, like I, I stayed up late after watching it two nights ago, just thinking about what my, I wanted my voice to be in filmmaking and what I would like to, um, push out there. And I feel like doing things like this, like, uh, the, these like metaphysical, uh, films, like this is like where my heart is, Dude. you know, and where where the stuff I want to do so is, and really this movie kind of like woke that up for Dude. me, which was yeah. really cool. You need to see Mother Man. I know. I got it. I I've read <laughs> I've read some spoilers for it, and I still haven't listened to our podcast episode on it because I want to watch there, it first. But there are some similarities between this film and Mother that I saw, but I won't say because well, I don't want to biblical. Yeah, biblical, but also even like biblical. some of right. the. I, I've I've read the spoiler as far as it's like Genesis story um, homages, but like that filmmaker is known for having right. a lot of uh, 
homages to or a lot of like references to biblical things not to mention noah which is just straight biblical, <laughs> like genesis story of <laughs> story of noah well, you know kind of <laughs> there's like a bunch of giants and shit right like it's more of a right but it's it's one interpretation of yeah. that story yeah. that is talked about in certain religions i think in a more mm-hmm. jewish religion they talk about literally literally rock like angels that are oh, um, okay. covered in mud because that fall- is what those fall- rock yeah because they're falling they're angels. fallen angels yeah, and they're yeah. covered in rock and mud and so that's what those giant rock monsters are yeah. oh, so okay. it seems like a little like out there but if you go back and look at the text yeah, it, there's it, yeah. uh, that is a interpretation yeah interpretation it makes, it makes of it. sense like in the movie like you see the angels falling and they hit the ground and they come up because they're all like burned and connected with the earth so now they're yeah. walking like as the rock rock monsters. monster things yeah huh. yeah and it's really even cool. in it's that pretty cool in that movie and in the text they talk about how when the angels achieve their goal they can go back to the heavens and in the movie they actually like they it looks like all the rock monsters die but really the the they're breaking out of the rock and dirt and going back to heaven right. to, to be with God again. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of this, it's really like ingrained in, in biblical stuff, but I feel like it's, people look at that and think this is just not what Jesus yeah. is, but that is literally this, one of the stories, <laughs> you know? It's like literally what people are talking yeah, he about. Did his, it's, it's, he did his cool. homework for sure. He, he like he, read the yeah. Torah, he read all sorts of stuff for it to to no, come up with it he's a very like yeah. religious filmmaker but he's not he he's like modern religious you know he's like um he's looking at this stuff and not he's not screaming at people like how you know like if <laughs> when you look at like modern religious movies and it and it's like they're they're like talking about god and talking about love and like oh just get over the love of your last child and <laughs> julie roberts shows up somewhere <laughs> and it's like yeah. it's julie like roberts, okay yeah. i know this is like christian film like whatever but then you have people like um Danny. darren aronofsky oh, yeah. who are like he comes from the the text not from all the extra bullshit that's out there and he and he, he presents it in a way that is really interesting and almost anti-religious so it's like religious and anti-religious right. at the same time and it's really fascinating how he kind of connects those two and th- things together not Darren Aronofsky's movies, but the other ones, the ones with Julia Roberts and like how like, you know, like Danny Glover plays the, God. Yeah, the the faith based <laughs> movies. They're faith based uh, movies, yeah. and they're they're really bad, and people don't like them. <laughs> they can't get Morgan Freeman, so they get Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> not funny. not not Childish Gambino, but the the other one. Right, the, other, the good <laughs> yeah. one, the good one, obviously. Um, okay. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go on. Oh, I was I was gonna switch gears if you guys wanted to switch to my questions. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, but if you have one last that, thing, or we do the roundtable because we're about a one ten right now. Okay, so. we're we're gonna do my questions and then we'll do the roundtable. <laughs> okay, so instead of a question this week, I brought a game called Jake's Guilty Pleasures Guessing Game. <laughs> Now, the point of this game is for you guys to guess what film I'm talking about. So I have a series of clues, and these three films are all guilty pleasures <laughs> of mine, and you have to guess what they are. I feel like we ought okay? to do this for everyone now. Like, Well, we could. Uh, we I just I thought a, it'd be a fun, we <laughs> thought it'd be a fun idea. We now. Dang it. Yeah, we could do a game. Or we could do this more often, because this, this, uh, it seems like kind of a fun thing to do just like in general um, for some of these episodes, especially for... 
you know, something that is uh, about a particular topic. Like if we did Asian, like we just did Asian films, like it'd be fun to like do this for like an Asian. And but anyway, I have a feeling the roundtable things can go by pretty quick. For this, yeah, for this I think one. we Can all we kind of spoke our opinions. It's Jacob's ladder. <laughs> Jacob's ladder. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. everyone okay. is on the That's same page. That's kind of what I figured, but you know, <laughs> if you listen to the entire pod, entire podcast, you can tell which one is the best. Okay, so maybe we could just skip the round table and just do the game. So That's here fine. we go for movie number one. Remember, there's three movies here. This 2010 f- fuck. <laughs> this 2010 film Avengers. based on a best-selling children's book series is set in a fictional Viking world and tells the story oh, of a protagonist a named after an involuntary contraction of the diaphragm and his journey of becoming a hero the hard way. Yes, you're right. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I love my, guessing before the question's over. Just, that's pretty good. Maybe these need to be harder, obviously. Uh, the, thir- the third, fourth, and fifth clue uh, is Hiccup is the protagonist's name. The third clue is there are two features in the in the in this film franchise. And the fourth one is DreamWorks. But yes, How to Train Dragon. Thanks, Keith. <laughs> Sorry, I killed it for you. <laughs> no, you got it. All right. One Keith, zero Byron. Oh, no, I, okay. I, 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 okay, yeah. <laughs> Next film. First to say it, apparently. <laughs> yeah. First to say it. First to say it. It means DreamWorks is animated and it's Jacob. I mean, come on. I mean, come right on. It's said, guilty. Right when you said 2010 and that it was about like a, a Viking or whatever, I was like, yeah, it, it based on a series of books. I didn't know it was based on a series of books, so that was a useless is, clue to yeah. me. <laughs> based on 12 books in that series. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, and it's a very popular series um, over, overseas. In America it is too, but more over, overseas. Yeah. Okay, anyways, second film. This 2007 American comedy film, written and directed by members of a musical comedy group, tells the story of an amateur stuntman attempting to save his father's life by raising money to execute his largest stunt yet. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Uh, 2007, you said? 2007. No phones. Put the oh, phones on. Um, uh, God damn it. Um, if you guys both don't know, I can. I have two more It's got to be something clues. along the lines of, like, the same people who did, like, Talladega Nights and shit. Um... That's com because you've got to think comedy troupe. So you, I'm thinking like the Will Ferrell, like John C. Riley type. God, this sounds. Let, this sounds let me clar- this, let me clarify one thing here. Throwing me off the, though. Let me let me clarify one thing. Familiar. It uh, was written directed by starring members of a comedy music group. Starring oh members. oh tenacious D uh, yeah no that's not a stuntman. Uh, oh fuck. God damn you guys it, want killing me. I'm this. Do you guys, does it have John I, C. Riley in it? <laughs> seems like a John uh, C. Riley. Yes, yeah, it does, right? I, I don't think John C. Riley is in. It. If he is, he's in a small role. Oh, you know what it a is? Very it's got to be a role. Sandler film. It's a Sandler movie. <laughs> what the fuck would he do as a stuntman? <laughs> Shit. Okay, I'll give you guys the second Sandler hit movie. since you guys no you guys way. aren't getting it. The fuck. The comedy musical group that wrote and directed and starred in this movie. Is the Lonely Island? Oh, that's fucking! I don't know. Is this going to be like you, Phil Lord and Chris Miller? No, it's got to be Sandler. <laughs> Do you guys know who the Lonely Island is? No, not at all. Are you kidding? Jizz, jizz in my pants. 
Jizz in my pants. Oh, I'm oh. on a boat, motherfucker. Oh, oh, it's hot rod. Hot rod. Yes, it is hot rod. <laughs> Andy Sandberg. Ding, ding, ding. Fuck. Yeah. The third clue was Andy Samberg. And <laughs> Called it. Is the movie Damn okay? Damn it. The third film. This is the lightning round. Since I'm two, two and a lightning <laughs> yeah, round. Double jeopardy. Be, uh, for all Double jeopardy. For all the money. <laughs> Uh, this 1990s also, thriller Hot Rod is not that bad of a movie. It's like Hot Rod's great. I can't, Hot Rod's awesome. All these movies are kind great. of like a stretch, I guess. I don't know. Well, How to Train a Dragon is also a really good movie, but it's it's a guilty pleasure compared to your guys's interest in film. Wait, this Let's yeah. put it that way. This next one better not be Ghost. <laughs> that's funny. Why would I put that on? Me? Uh, this 1990s <laughs> thriller. So Directed by comedy director Jerry Zucker, tells the story Airplane. of a murder <laughs> and a charlatan who is shocked to discover she actually has true psychic gifts. Ghost Whisperer. <laughs> Ghost Whisperer. <laughs> How'd you know? Uh, okay. You Wait, say, say, that say that again. Yeah. Say it again. Okay. This 1990s thriller directed by comedy director Jerry Zucker tells the story of a murder and a charlatan who is shocked to discover she actually has true psychic gifts. Kiss the girls. No, what's the other one with uh, Joe Lee? Um... Wait, so the, one of the main characters is a woman. That I guess that doesn't help me. Um, one of one of the characters <laughs> is a is a woman and a charlatan. Yeah, she plays a charlatan who. Yeah. Okay. The uh, Matrix. <laughs> who has psychic abilities? I'm thinking. Who did, the only yeah. movie I'm thinking of at the moment is The Gift, but that's directed by Sam Raimi. That's not Zucker. Uh, I don't know enough of Zucker's right. movies. There's like okay, there's like the blind, the, it's like it, it, Sandra Bullock movies that. <sighs> you guys want another hint? Fuck. Sure. Um, it's had five. It it it. it oh, fuck me. Five Academy Awards. It was it received. Holy shit! Really? Then I've probably yeah. seen this movie <laughs> in 1990. 97. Fuck. You said Ni- 1990. No. Oh, I thought you gave oh, it a specific year. Is it 1990 Say the first or question or again. 1990s? You said it was like in 1997 or something. This 1990s. Oh. Oh, okay. uh, so it could be any nineteen ninety thriller. Maybe I said that wrong. It's it's an it's, it it came out in nineteen ninety. Oh, it came out ninety. Okay, one nine nine zero. Oh, uh. and let me double check its accolades. Okay, it won. It was nominated for five Academy Awards and won in two spots. Oh damn it, man! Uh, okay, I'll give you. I'll give you another hint. Whoopi Goldberg. She's got to have it. <laughs> no, what's that? Sister has no. Sister, no. What's that one? Uh, the color purple. She she won that the Academy Award for Best Actress Spielberg. in this film. That's a thriller. Oh fuck. Okay, I will give you guys another hint because I feel like I threw you guys. I, I I feel like I said something I should. Whoopi have. Goldberg and Thriller in the same sentence like just don't make yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm to me. like really right. having. It it also won in best original screenplay. That doesn't help you know. By Bruce Joel Rubin. 
I don't oh, pay, by the guy. <gasps> I don't pay oh. any attention to that shit. Oh, fuck. I just read this shit. Um, <laughs> God damn it. On the Wikipedia thing about fucking Jacob's Ladder. Because I, 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 I pressed the name on the dude that wrote Ghosts. Bruce. Oh, so it's the okay. same guy who it's wrote Ghosts? Okay. Yeah. I feel like I'm being an ass. It, it is Ghost. Oh. It's Ghost. Oh. I feel like I, threw, I feel like Zephyr. I guessed you it guys, first. You guessed, you guessed it. it right you guessed away, it first. For some reason, he just but like you ruined the game. So it was like I need to still like go that's for why this. That's he was awkward. Like, why would I put that well, on here? Yeah, I was like, oh, why would I do that? Because that's that's what it was. Oh, God. <laughs> so you win. Damn, so you, really you win. win. You win oh, the lightning round. God. I got win two out of three, round. though. I just like to yeah, point out that I. So I think it's a it's a tie. That's pretty good. It's a tie. Pretty good. Well, because Byron guessed it before I even realized that fucking Whoopi Goldberg was in Ghost though. Now I can see it though. I can see. Really? Yeah. yeah, I just thought it was Patrick Swayze and like Demi Moore or some shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, dude, like the obvious people. It's like a it's like a three hander, dude. It's like Demi Moore, Patrick Swayze, and oh, Whoopi Goldberg. It. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I didn't. Even there's know like that. there's like four there's like four prominent characters in it, but it the the uh, the antagonist guy is um he he doesn't have as much like. Of a role as Whoopi and Patrick, it's really Whoopi Goldberg and Patrick Swayze in the oh. in the movie. Oh wow! Damn yeah. it! Now I want to do guilty pleasure. Yeah. Movies. Well, we could still do it. Yeah, we could still do it. I just can't believe you. Guys, I I was trying to sneak ghosts in there, and you guys are just like, oh, this last one guilty better not be ghosts. I'm actually I just I'm actually going to do like a it. legitimate guilty pleasure. I have one, but I can't <laughs> think true. of anything, any clues to give. <laughs> um, off the top of my head. I have a lot of guilty pleasures. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I have, I have. We know. I, you want, I have, I have some ones that I can do. Oh yeah, if you want to. Okay, do I have one off the top of my head. Okay, one of my biggest guilty pleasures. It's directed by a Danish film director, but most of his movies are actually American-made, and he has done um, films with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Total Recall. Are, are are we guessing the director? The 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 film. Yeah, you gotta. Oh, okay. The, give okay, so give a, a, uh, a give a. Date. Does it have Arnold Schwarzenegger in it? No. Okay, so it's directed by a Danish film director who has okay. worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. And it was filmed in the '90s. Since we're doing '90s. Um, yeah. The last act, not last action hero. Um, that was more recent. That was th- that was a, it's a thriller. Guy. It's a thriller. Oh, it's a thriller. Oh, okay. In the nineties, early nineties, late. Obviously, 90s. Total Recall is one. We term uh, paycheck. No, because Terminator was eighties. I don't think Terminator Two. I think that was eighties. It's not James Cameron. He's not Danish. Or is no, it? yeah, it wouldn't be James Cameron, right? Um, I'm just trying to like think of Conan the Barbarian. No. Oh. Let, it doesn't have it, it. It doesn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, do, it, it does. Doesn't. It does. Oh, yeah. It does. No, it does not. He's, but he's worked. He's worked with. He's worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Your clue this, is confusing me. Okay, I'm okay, thinking okay, of Schwarzenegger movies. Okay, okay. <laughs> this film is a thriller directed by a Danish film director who pri- who predominantly does American-made f- movies, and he has worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, I know who the director is. I bet. Oh, what director? Roland Emmerich. No. Oh, okay. I don't know if he's Danish or not. <laughs> and okay, I'll give you another another clue. Tony Scott. No. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, this film, as does Jacob's Ladder, has a actor in it 
that is predominantly known for his comedy role in the uh, Seinfeld, but it's not Jason Alexander. So it's Michael. Oh. It's Michael Scott it's or whatever other... his name is. What's his name? Um, the big uh, Michael guy. Scott. The big guy. Uh, Michael Scott. Yeah. What's it's, his name? It's the the uh, the tall guy. Kramer. It's not Kramer. Not Kramer. Oh. But it's the, oh. the 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 big guy with the glasses. Oh yeah. He has he has a role in this. Um film it's not Jurassic Park and the guy with the glass. obviously a Spielberg it also stars a big movie star who is the son of another huge movie star the big, well, the big guy with the glasses he's in the, Jurassic Park he gets spit spit on like he's, <laughs> yeah yeah that's right isn't that isn't that Jason no, Alexander it's not. It's, uh, oh no that's yeah. the guy who looks like Jason Alexander because <laughs> they're both short okay. the, the star of the movie is from like the his dad was like a huge star in the golden age of Hollywood, and he's a big star himself. I think you got to just gotta it, give what, us the star what's his of the name? Movie. Okay, okay. Michael Douglas is the star of the movie. Oh, that still doesn't help me. Um, uh, and it ha- the game. And it was also no, that's, no. that's uh, Fincher. But okay, that is Fincher. It also stars. Does that even have it? Also, it also stars. <laughs> yeah, it does. It also. Oh, sweet. So okay, the director of this movie did Total Recall. The Fifth Element? No. No. And it stars the main actress, who's also in Total Recall. And this is the movie that got her famous. So this is before Total Recall? It's actually after, but it's the one that got her, like, super famous because of a particular famous scene. So the main actor is... Say it again? Okay, so the main actor is Michael Douglas. Okay. The co-star stars with Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall, which is directed by the same director as this movie. I've never seen okay. Total Recall, so I don't and know. So don't Arnold know Schwarzenegger shape. is in this movie, just not as the main role. No, he's not in this. Oh, He's, he's, in, just, the, he's in Total Recall. Arnold, the the Arnold actress in Total Recall is in this movie, is what he's saying. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Got it. But this is the movie I don't know the she, actress in Total Recall, I haven't so seen Total Recall. Yeah, I haven't oh, seen either, oh, so shit. that doesn't oh, help okay. at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. She, she got super famous. It can't be Von Trier she or Haneke or Refn. She so. got super famous because of this role, and we've done an episode starring her for the podcast. Is she in Blade Runner? No. We've done an it was episode... A it was a western. She's in the she's in this western. Oh, she's in fucking the Tarantino movie. No, which western are you oh. talking about? <laughs> okay, I can't say the name because it would give the movie away. But she she we haven't even western what westerns have we talked about? We, okay, directed by Sam Raimi. Oh, so, oh, Charlie. Uh, uh, Alicia, oh, what the fuck's uh, her name? <laughs> Stone. I almost Sharon said Charlie. Yeah, Sharon okay. Stone. She, it stars Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas. 1990s, directed by the guy. Who did Total I don't Recall. fucking know, dude. I honestly, uh, none of these dude. clues okay. are helping me get. Closer Sharon Stone to is it's like a thriller. It's like I a, barely it's like know. A, it's like a detective thriller. Like Michael Douglas was in all sorts of like 90s thrillers. Okay, okay. Give us more hints. Um, um, a lot of sex in it. <laughs> a lot of nudity. Especially Sharon Stone. Super famous scene with Sharon Stone that made her famous. <laughs> the most paused moment in movie history is from this movie. I don't know, dude. That's the most paused The most moment? paused movie moment in movie history is in this movie with Sharon Stone. 
She spreads her legs, goddammit. What movie is that from? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen the movie, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know if I've even seen the scene. Oh my gosh, you guys have to know the scene. Uh, okay, do you want me to say? Yes. Kind I of, give up. I, I want to guess it, but okay, I, I okay. kind of can't think of anything. I'm out. I can't. I don't know, dude. I can't okay, think of it's it. It's basic instinct. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew there was some 90s. I was just going to say that. The, the guy, I was just going to say the that. The director, he, you know, he's done, um, it's Paul Verhoeven. He did uh, RoboCop. Oh, if you would have said, okay. Yeah, RoboCop and Hollow Man and, oh. and Showgirls. <laughs> and Showgirls. Showgirls. I uh, I need to watch some more shit. Yeah. Like, there's, there's this era of certain filmmakers that I just haven't watched, and it's like that late 80s to early 90s where I'm like it's just a gray area that's funny that seems like that's <laughs> you your know? type of like area though totally to me. not not the not the 80s that's I mean funny. you know I don't know I feel like I've seen more 70s movies and I feel like that's because people prop the 70s up as this golden era you know while you know independent film kind of made its way like beginning in the early '90s and the the late '80s, and, yeah, uh, definitely started becoming a thing. So, like, movies started becoming less about the art and more about you know, totally big box office success. You got one, Keith. Stuff. I do have one. So let's okay, see, see do if we can do it quick here. Okay, let's okay, do it quick. Uh, it's a 2004 American sci-fi adventure film. Okay, give us more than that. Um. I don't know which direction to go with the clues. Uh, it's based. I don't want to say sci-fi that yet. adventure. Um, it's a ser- It's part of a series. Okay. It's not sunshine. Uh, no one is that part that's of the not a guilty pleasure. Yeah, that's just not, I like sunshine. Um, when you say series, like it, a franchise it's, it's or a franchise. like okay. And one of the films is a short, but it's animated. Did we, is it a David Lynch? It's not any no. of the Riddick movies, is it? <laughs> it's Chronicles of Riddick. It's Chronicles yes. of Riddick. That's <laughs> easy. I knew that the awesome. thing would give it a Vin <laughs> Diesel. Actually, Vin I, Diesel. I didn't know about the animated. It's a. It connects Pitch Black and oh, Chronicles of Riddick. Shit, ah. I need to check that out because I like all the the Riddick movies. I, don't I do. Think I've I seen like those the... too. It's super guilty pleasure because they're not like great movies, but I like the character. Yeah, those are. Yeah, lot. The, those are. I, like, I actually like that the last one. Lame, dude. I feel like. That was too no, easy. That's how I felt with all of mine. <laughs> Wait, how to train a dragon? You, fuck you. You can do another one if you want. Hot Rod was the only good I one. Well, I I pre planned all these. Head. But I can't believe you guys guessed Ghost before I even read any of the clues. <laughs> it seems, <laughs> it blows my it mind. seems like such a, such a Jacob thing to do. It does. Well, like it was. And I feel like you guys know me better than I know myself. So, Okay, how about this? I, I created this second thing, and it was going to be my angel joke. But now I'm just going to read it. So this, this is a different game called Guess That Actor. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to read some movies. And you guys have to guess which actor is in okay. these movies. Okay. Sweet. You ready? Yeah. So the first round is three three films. Cyborg 2, Hackers, Looking to Get Out. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. No dude. idea. That's what I thought. That It gets easier. It gets easier. Those are the harder ones. Okay. Round two, Shark Tale, Kung Fu Panda, Jack Taking Lives. Oh, Taking Lives. Uh, that's the other film I was that's, trying to think of. That one's pretty good. Uh, that's the Joe Lee one uh, yeah. and like Freeman. 
Ethan Hawke. Nope. Fuck. Morgan Freeman? <laughs> nope. Okay, moving on. Round three. Jaya and Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. It's Angelina Jolie. Yes, it yeah. is. Angelina Jolie. That's right. She's in that's right, she's in Shark Tales. I forgot about that. She's in Shark Tale. Yeah. Um the next movies were Gone in Sixty Seconds and Salt. And then the final round, if you couldn't get it after that, which I don't know why you wouldn't was Maleficent and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, okay, yeah. So, very obvious. G- Geo is good. I mean, Geo's it, really it could good. have been better, but it's still pretty good. It's it's a it's like her a really good performance. Yeah, definitely. From, uh, her Italy. that that movie and um Girl Interrupted are probably some of her best performances. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. With uh Winona, check it out. Winona Ryder and she Angelina Jolie plays like this uh crazy chick who's like in the sanitarium that Winona Ryder gets sent to. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty, that sounds pretty it's cool. Pretty, it's oh, a good movie, man. I got a, I, she won her Oscar for it. I got one oh. that actually could work here. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do a key. Okay, let's do a key. I'm, I'm still, I'm embarrassed I couldn't guess Basic Instinct because I haven't seen it, so uh, let's get one I can Okay, guess. this is a classified as an uh, 2006 American black comedy action film. Okay. Red. No. In Bruges. No. That's not a guilty pleasure, though, either. That's actually just a good movie. <laughs> um, uh, fuck. A black comedy action thriller. Um, 2006. 2006. Fuck, I'm trying to find some, like, random little things. I can't tell you who it stars, because I would give it away, like, pretty... Film, just say, like, the way. character type. Filmed in the U.S.? You know? Yeah, filmed in the U.S. Filmed in the U.S. What is the character type here? He's or like a, he's like a hard ass. Um, it's super ridiculous movie. Um, he plays a hitman apparently. Do, is it Bruce Willis? No. Okay. Jason Statham. Yeah. Oh, yes. It, it it's cranked. I was gonna say British hitman because that's what they said, but I feel cranked, like I'm getting right? away. Cranked, crank, crank. crank. Yeah. God crank. damn it! Yeah. Why crank. is it so yeah. easy? <laughs> it's supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be super hard. Movies. I have no life. Yeah, crank is like one of those guilty pleasure movies that's just so outlandish, but it's like fun to watch. Oh, that's a good movie, man. The part oh, where he's good. like. It has to have sex with that chick and stuff. That's pretty. It's just like stay alive. Yeah, it's yeah. so fucking ridiculous. It's pretty funny. That filmmaker uh, is uh, is pretty awesome. He can, he's got that like grindhouse thing going on. Yeah, I really like that. Both guy. of those movies are pretty ridiculous and just yeah. pretty fun overall. They did the second Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, which actually I like the second Ghost Rider. Yeah, like the it was kind of it had that craziness yeah. that Crank has a little bit, and like not as crazy, obviously. But. And the actress was like smoking. She was smoking, smoking throughout the whole weed. film. That's that's bad for you. <laughs> oh, it's Ghost Rider. Smoking weed. Well, should we? Uh, you guys about ready to get yeah, out of here? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. The we have another re- weekend recommends here. Oh yes. Uh, we're doing Hansel. This time. Hansel. Ian Hansel Seymour. Did you want me to read it? Yeah, I have it up have, right yeah, here. Yeah, you should read it. Okay, so Ian Seymour Hansel, I'm sorry, Ian Hansel Seymour, he recently changed his name, uh, recommends the movie Ludwig, and I'm just going to read you what he sent me because it's kind of funny. Or Ludwig. Ludwig, Pronounced Ludwig, that's what he (laughs) put in there, uh, directed by Visconti, 
that you say? Yeah, Luciano Vis- Visconti, yeah. Visconti, yeah. Is beautifully shot with vivid colors following an incredibly intriguing character from history. Be sure to watch the full version of it. Then in parentheses, not the theatrical ver- release they showed in the States when it came out. I think you can stream it on Filmstruck, but I'd have to double check that it's the full version. And I double checked, and it is, in fact, the full version, but not the director's cut. See, with, with this movie, um, the director's cut wound up being four hours long, and it was cut down to a three-hour um, version for theatrical release. And then later, when it was sent to the United States, they uh, cut it down even further oh, wow. to a two-hour version. Um, and the reason they did that is because they portrayed Ludwig, at, or Ludwig, however you want to say it, um, as a homosexual, and uh, they had a lot of philosophical conversations about that, and they thought, hey, we're going to cut all that stuff out in order to appeal to a mass audience. So it was released in the States, this two-hour version, and uh, a lot of critics cited that if you haven't seen the three-hour version of the film, you haven't actually seen the film because the two-hour cut-down suffers greatly um, in just having a general point to the overall film. But luckily, in 1980s, uh, which was four years after Visconti's death, um, the editor and the screenwriter got together and released a director's cut, which was the original four hours, which you can find on DVD or Blu-ray. But the three-hour version is on Filmstruck. So he recommends the three-hour version, not the director's cut. I think what he is not... I think he, he is neither recommending... He's not recommending either of those. He's just not recommending the two-hour version that came to the oh, So what's the movie about, though? So the movie is about, uh, you know, uh, Ludwig, and he's just kind of... It portrays him as a homosexual um, and uh, has a lot of philosophical conversations about homosexuality and the, the state of sexuality. Um, but the reason why it was so controversial is because a lot of um, conservatives really like his music so when this movie came out it was like hey you can't like portray him as a homosexual even though he was one you know so that that's kind of why this movie was a little more controversial than um, you, you know just because of the, the backlash from conservatives yeah wow that's crazy yeah yeah, um, it's one it, of those movies that's really prominent as, like, an early, like, gay camp-type movie. You know, like, was kind of heralded, like, oh, look at what they, like, I don't know. I don't know how to really yeah. explain it. It's, like, historically important to, like, the gay movement in cinema, Yeah, like, Visconti did the movie <clears throat> The Damned, which was kind of like that, too. Right. Yeah, that's cool. So right. that's a, but it's Ludwig II of Bavaria is the guy's name. Oh, cool. Oh, I'm thinking of a different movie then. Or what the fuck? No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a different movie. Isn't it, um... Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is this? (laughs) There's a different movie called Ludwig's something... uh, Ludwig and the something. Also made by... No, I'm right. uh, uh, gay director, I think. I don't think Visconti is. Well, actually, I don't know if he's gay. Is he gay? I don't know. I know that he's he, Italian. He, I know that that um, those themes uh, 
come up in his uh, quite a few of his works. Like I know the Damned, especially, became. Oh, I'm thinking Hedwig. That's a a- countercultural. Um, some of the costumes and stuff became a countercultural uh, thing, and the gay community adopted some of the um, kind of fetishistic uh, okay, so, elements of that film. Right. Ludwig is a 1973 film directed by Italian director Lucino Visconti about the life and death of King Ludwig II of Bavaria. Yeah. As well yeah, so here. he's like a, a completely different movie. Oh, weird. Uh, but yeah, he they portrayed him, depicted him as a homosexual, which um, for conservatives, conservatives in Bavaria who really looked up to him, they uh, they were like, "Fuck no, you can't make right. him a homosexual." Right. So it's a controversial movie, essentially. It's a very controversial yeah. movie, but a lot of the homosexual themes and the philosophical dialogues of the movie were cut out. So oh, okay. that that is why Ian is suggesting okay. the three to four hour version. Oh, cool. Or yeah. three or the four hour version. At least the three hour, though, yeah. At least the three hour, which the four hour version is apparently hard to find. You have to get it on DVD, but the three hour is on Filmstruck. Nice. Sweet. Thanks, Ian, for that uh, recommendation. We'll definitely. Right. Thanks for complicating our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Making it hard for us to use our brains. <laughs> That's a good recommendation. So Ludwig, like it's called Ludwig, the nineteen seventy-three film. Yeah. Uh, Ludwig, Ludwig, yeah, probably. Yeah, what are you Lud- doing, Vig? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. So, if you have any questions, topic suggestions, opinions, or if you have any fact fact corrections, send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail dot com. You can also visit our Facebook page to comment on or discuss this week's episode or any of the past episodes. All of which can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. If you like the show, please, please, please rate it because it helps others find us and it helps move us up on the list. Um, you can also follow us on Letterboxd at Jacino for Jacob. That's J A. K-I-N-O for Jacob and Hyperion Creator for me. I think it's Hyperion Creator. Pretty sure. I think you... Yeah. I think it's Creator. Sometimes I can't do creation, so they force me to do like Creator. Um, I should have double-checked this before I even put it on here. That was dumb. Yeah, Hyperion Creator. So, um, on Letterboxd, where I do you know, short little reviews after the movies, and Jacob does the occasional review and whatnot, but you can see kind of you know what we've been watching and what we think of movies in general so check those out uh, our intro and outro music was composed by curtis skinner who can be found at skinnyproducing.com it's time for final jeopardy do 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 along with post-traumatic stress disorder this term came into use in the 1970s in large part due to the diagnosis of u.s military veterans of the vietnam war this diagnosis involved malnutrition or thinning out of u.s military veterans <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mention the word skinny, but we're going to allude to the fact that it's skinny. All right, I'll take it's it. It's a new. I'll take it's it. A new, it's, <laughs> this is Jeopardy. You have to say. Oh, you have to say the have question. Yes. Oh, you have to say what? What is the question? What is skinny? What is skinny syndrome? <laughs> no. God, you guys are horrible. The correct answer is what is post-traumatic skinny disorder? Oh it's a serious God. issue. Call your senator and complain today. Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> that. <laughs> You hope you guys not watch Jeopardy? Uh, we do watch Jeopardy, but like, that's just, I don't know. That just, I don't know. 
Was it tasteless? I, I haven't seen Jeopardy Something in a while. Tasteless is that it was Jeopardy just not in formatted in a way that would make me think, okay, I need to guess what you're gonna say. You, you I, guys, the, all, you guys both failed. The theme song needed to go a little bit longer. I <laughs> don't know the theme. I'm not a musician like Skinny. <laughs> yeah, that anyway. is the theme music. Right. I couldn't do it on the spot. It's too much. A good strong joke there. You're welcome. Um, so <laughs> next week, happy birthday, me. <laughs> next week we'll be talking black exploitation with the films Shaft and Coffee. So that's the original Shaft, not the Samuel L. Jackson remake of Shaft. Um, so this, this. How do you guys like your coffee? Shafted. <laughs> Shafted? What did you say, Byron? <laughs> I said black. <laughs> oh, black. Yeah, that's the right answer. Oh, yeah, no, Jesus I, yeah. Christ. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, make sure you watch Shaft and Coffee. <laughs> so painful. Oh my God. I can feel the pain. Oh like I'm, I feel the pain from you guys. It's exuding. Uh, awesome. Thanks for uh, uh, listening to this. We just stumble inside now. So, so, we stumble to the finish it was line. So feeble. So feeble. <laughs> We were so close to not sucking at the end of this one. All right, take number two. Next week we'll be talking black exploitation with the film Shaft and Coffee. Make sure you watch the films be a part of the discussion. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys, and happy birthday, Bye. Jacob. Bye. <laughs> God, that's so painful.